Welcome everybody back to Theological Soul Food. This is episode four. I am Lisa, the co-host. I'm here with Pastor Brendan Glass. Um, you you already know what it is. You know what Theological Soul Food is, but if this is your first time tuning in, again, I don't understand why you haven't <laughs> listened to the other episodes, but okay. Anyway, uh, Theological Soul Food is a podcast dedicated to calling the black community back to the former state of spirit, spiritual satisfaction through engaging conversation, teaching, and encouragement. Together, we will feast on the spiritual meal that once nourished our ancestors. But we got a special treat today, y'all. Yeah. We got food. <laughs> we got actual food. Did y'all peep how she rushed the ending? I rushed it because I'm hungry, okay? We've been post this episode four, and we were supposed to already have food. <laughs> I'm trying to tell you, I'm hungry, okay? My stomach was growling loud in the car on the way here. So when he told me he got food, I'm excited. I was going to say, you like that. That text got you going, <laughs> huh? That text got me. <laughs> Gave you some life. Hype, okay? <laughs> I am ready. All right. So for our little, our little, our little food session today, it's going to be name or not. <laughs> Do you know how? To, do you want me to explain that? Or do you want to explain that? I'm gonna no. let you explain it because I'm I'm smelling the food. Okay. I'm gonna let you explain it. Well, I'm explaining. Why don't you go ahead? You go ahead and partake if you want. Thank you. Y'all gonna hear some wrestling <laughs> of this mic. Hey, Mind we, your business. We keeping it real all the way. We're headed here. So, all right. You know what I'm saying? We're gonna hear her. I'm, I'm gonna be asking you some questions in the background while she's popping it open. So, I say she's gonna do that initial smell. Oh, oh, and if you're wondering, yes, there's styrofoam. They got the styrofoam, the standard styrofoam. Y'all, <laughs> y'all can hear sis. She opened it up the styrofoam. Okay. What's the initial smell? The, the smell is given like somebody's grandma was in the back. Oh, okay, so, okay. So, the, I mean, visually, it looks good. Okay, so the visuals. Good. All right, so let me explain name or not. So this is what we're going to do. So sometimes you're going to have people who are just going to give us food and say, hey, Tell people about this. Here's a recipe. Here's a soul food. Sometimes we're going to have people who say, I got the best macaroni and cheese. Oh, I got the best macaroni and cheese. And we're going to be like, well, bring y'all both for y'all macaroni and cheese. And we're going to decide who got the best macaroni and cheese. But what we're doing today is something different. So I actually went to a soul food restaurant. And I didn't tell them what I was doing. I didn't say nothing. I just went in there. I've never been in there before. I'm just a customer. And I said, hey, let me get a couple of them wing dinners. And what we're going to do is we're going to taste test these wing dinners. We got macaroni and cheese. We got cabbage. We got dirty rice. We got the white bread. Got to have the white bread with the wing dinners. And we're going to taste it. And if it's good, we're going to tell you the name of the restaurant and where it is located and give them a shout out. If it's not good, we just going to say, Mind your business. Don't worry about this over here. <laughs> so we just gonna say no. Nah. <laughs> so it's called name or no. Nah. So name or no. Nah. So Delisa, it's plate is ready. Did you get barbecue and? Oh, I didn't even get. You gotta get barbecue and the plane. So gotta get the barbecue and the plane. All right, and Lisa is going, and we gonna we gonna we gonna talk for a little bit. We're gonna chop it up, and uh, you know, before we get out of here. We'll make our final decision to give y'all the name or just say, nah, don't worry about this over here. <laughs> Dang, I forgot my plate. That's okay. Okay. Just go ahead. Yes. All right. So go ahead. I'm going to let you take your initial little, take your initial little bite. All right. So right now, I mean, I'm looking at the plate. 
Uh-huh. Uh-huh. I'm looking at the servings. Very healthy okay. servings. Okay. okay. That's good. All That's right. Good. Smell is good. Cabbage, dirty rice. Okay. Okay. What you just, what you bite? So I bit the dirty rice and the cabbage. Okay. okay. There's a little mac, there's a little mac and cheese in okay, here. Okay. Don't give your judgment yet. Don't give your judgment yet. Okay. <laughs> okay. I'm sorry, y'all. If y'all hear me. That's right. You gotta like you gotta get enough food in you just to take away the hunger. Uh, you can actually taste it. Listen, I was being mean. Cause how hungry I was. <laughs> Everybody was getting it. Road rage out of oh, hundred. Oh, okay. all right, y'all. So this is you know sometimes eating on air is good radio. Sometimes it's not. So we're not well, going to spend a, the whole what time. Is it? A-M-S-R? I ah! can't remember. <laughs> Oh yeah, what are they called? Munch burgers? Is that yeah. what they're called? <laughs> muck, muck burgers. Muck babe. Muck like you'll just sit there yeah. and watch people eat. And all that stuff. I'm not gonna lie, that's my guilty pleasure. Really? I love watching people <laughs> Really? Eat crab legs, all that stuff. I'll be like, dang, where'd they get that oh, from? Wow. But so, Pastor, what has been going on? Look. Where have you I I heard little birdie told me that you've been out and about somewhere. Yeah, man, I went back to the motherland. You went to the motherland? I was at the motherland. Where was my invite? That's the question. This uh, trip was a survey the land trip. Well, I got, you can't have soul food without tea. Mm-hmm. If you got some iced tea, want some lemonade iced tea. A little half and half, a little Arnold, Arnold Palmer. Palmer. <laughs> okay, <laughs> all right. Yeah, I was in Ghana. I was in Ghana, so, you know, the Lord put it on my heart years ago to... You know, let's let's see Christianity outside of America. You know, we have this idea that our faith is homogenized. Everybody's the same. Mm-hmm. And if you're not the same as me, then you're doing it wrong. You're doing something wrong. It's adorable how Delisa is backing away from the microwave. <laughs> so we don't hear the crunch because these wings, I got a little crunch to them. <laughs> This little crystal. I was like, okay, let me back up a little bit. But anyway, um, Lord's put that on my heart, man. And I've done, I've done some trips just to kind of do some missions to, you know, use the gift God has given me to be a blessing. And um, so I've been to India. Mm-hmm. I've been to Mozambique. I've been to South Africa. I've been to Sri Lanka. And this last uh, trip I just took was to Ghana. Okay. And the purpose of going to Ghana is the Lord really put on my heart to uh, Acts chapter 2, verse 42 through 47. Um, in that passage, it explains how everyone in the church had everything in common, meaning this is when the church first got started and everyone had everything in common. And it said everyone sold their possessions as the need arose. Mm-hmm. So it's like if I come in here and I'm like, man, I need some shoes, then, you know, a person over there would be like, well, look. I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to sell these cattle I have or whatever they do. I'm going to sell this and we're going to use that to buy you and your family some shoes. Mm-hmm. So the first time I went to India, I came back convicted because I'm like, man, we got these buildings. Mm-hmm. We got these chairs. We got these sound systems. 
And, you know, I'm in the slums in India. I mean, and their church is literally like a closet. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Sitting on the floor. And I was convicted. And I'm like, man, we all supposed to have everything in common. So that really hit me recently. And I said, you know, we want to go to Ghana and go to Ghana and try to find some people that we feel we could partner with. But we didn't want to just do that. We wanted to go see the land as well. And it was a very cultural trip. And we actually went and visited slave castles. Slave castles. Okay. Yeah, we visited slave castles. Slave castles. All right. Give give me a little bit because I I don't think I've ever learned about slave castles. Not most not, not many people have. Um slave castles. I'm back and forth because I'm going back and forth to this food. <laughs> slave castles is basically where slaves were held. They were originally built to be like trading stations. And the reason they call them castles is because they have um, you know, they kind of have the appearance and the look of a castle. You know, they're really forts, mm-hmm. but, you know, a governor lives there. There's this army there. There's a military there. So that the good antiquated term for that type of structure mm-hmm. was a slave castle. So originally they were used to, like, get the um, commodities of Africa, mm-hmm. the gold, the ivory, um you know, the, the all of the resources that they wanted to get from ivory, they took them to these ports mm-hmm. and then they would export out of Africa from there. And we're talking about in this stuff, this is happening like in the 1400s, yeah. 1500s. And in the 1600s is when the slave trade really picked up. Mm-hmm. And in 1619, you know, that's when we have learned, that's when the very first slave ship left for the Americas. Okay. Um, for the purpose of having slavery here in America. Okay. African slavery. African slaves here in, in in America. So these slave castles, they're still in they still standing. Still there. I don't and, know. I don't know why I thought this, but like a slave castle, like I couldn't have been a slave back then with the mindset now because I'd have walked Mm-mm. through like oh this is nice uh-huh. no head to the basement that's where that's <laughs> where you're going <laughs> where my room at no. no your room's downstairs <laughs> no 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 head to the dungeon <laughs> no 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 thank you but no. <laughs> like, no yeah yeah because that's how they would get us today they'd be like hey where y'all going why are we getting these buses oh we just going to a castle we'd be like oh shoot <laughs> I'll start like all resort. Okay, all inclusive. <laughs> all, all right. No, we want to put you to work. No, 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 no. This is a slave castle. This is where they, this is where they separated, organized, and actually um, got the slaves ready mm. to be sold, so that they can go off to the Americas, um, for the purpose of chattel slavery. Wow. Yeah, and the castles are still there, and um, there are two. The largest one. It's called Elmira. Mm-hmm. Um, that's in Ghana. Okay. And the one that we went to is actually called Cape Coast Slave Castle. Um, and it was, it was, it's life changing. Like I tell people all the time, like you African Americans, we need to experience this. Yeah. And for reasons that, you know, we're gonna talk about. So, little known fact. Uh slavery in the Americas. Is how they recognize that we're going to be able to profit off of this new land that has this 
new, newly sought after drug. Okay. And it's a drug that we have been addicted on and, and humanity has been addicted to, um, I want to say heavily for about the last, what's this? 400 years. Okay. Oh, 500 years. We'll say 500, maybe even six. And the drug is called sugar. And you have these sugar, plane can- sugar cane plantations in um, the Americas. And we got to have workers that will be willing to do this hard labor. Mm-hmm. But the hard labor, you, ain't, you know, the people, it was too rough. And they said the only people that were going to be able to get to work this are slaves. People who are forced to do this. So they tried to do the indigenous people of mm-hmm. the lands. They tried to get the Native Americans to do it. And make them slaves. But what happened is these Native American slaves, they were really susceptible to the diseases mm-hmm. that were coming from Europe. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they didn't really have the resiliency that they had desired to be slaves. And another thing is it was their homeland. Yeah. So many of them knew how to escape and <laughs> go and hide out and be they out. Had the, they had the routes. <laughs> Matt, you won't get me today, sir. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? We talk about the original Underground Railroad. You know what I'm saying? Right. <laughs> they said you won't get me. Come on, Betsy. Come on. We got we got a way out. Don't you worry. <laughs> so we are taking bites and chewing in between. Yes. <laughs> anyway, food's still going down. Hopefully our uh audio engineer is okay with us doing it like this. He's gonna be so mad. Definitely gonna be like, don't ever, ever Right. Don't ever do that again. Don't do that no more. All I heard was chewing and smacking. He's gonna be so mad, but that's okay. That's all right. <laughs> Anyway, it's theological soul food. It's a feast. Yeah, we finally got food. Finally got food. And uh, leave my judgment to the end, but mm-hmm. I don't. Mm-hmm. Let's <laughs> let me leave it to the end. Okay. Anyway, so yeah, so this dude. So there. So basically, you have a human rights crisis happening, mm-hmm. and your human rights crisis is. These Native Americans are being genocided because of slavery. Yeah. They're being genocided from it. A Catholic bishop, ironically, by the name of Bartolomeo de la Casa, he comes along and he's a human rights advocate. Mm -hmm. And he's like, it's wrong. This is wrong. We're killing off these Native Americans. We're killing them off. We need to stop this. Mm -hmm. And he convinces them to stop using Native Americans. As slaves. Mm-hmm. This bishop did that. Hey. Be like, that's good. What's Applause. Up? That's what's up, that's bro. What's up. Come on, stand up for the people. So he says, so instead of using Native Americans, let's try using Africans instead because they seem like they're stronger, more resilient, and might survive better in the conditions <sighs> of slavery. <laughs> Who was see, this is what happens when you don't have black people on your board on your board to no. talk to. Yeah, yeah. Because I've been like, what? Black people. How that makes sense? This is crazy. This is the state of Christianity 600 years ago. Y'all. The math wasn't mathing at no. the time. 400 years ago. Right. It wasn't. <laughs> it makes no sense. It makes zero sense. It's like, well, all right, at this point in time, there has already a, there's already kind of this superiority. Mm-hmm. Of races based on skin complexion. Mm-hmm. Like, 
the light, the closer you were to white, mm-hmm. the more superior you were. And it's just as natural. The darker you get, the the more um, inferior you were. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's the logical. That's the logical conclusion. <laughs> get them, get them Africans. I just got upset. <laughs> Go ahead, take a bite. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I just got so mad. Um, but no, I just always. I mean, and not saying that other cultures aren't strong, but like, just always remind me that. Black people are the blueprint for a lot of things when it comes to strength, res- being resilient. Dude. We are tend to be the blueprint. There's yeah. no shade, no shots at anybody else, but we yeah. tend to. But it's almost like we were, we had to be forced into it. Like we was yeah. minding our business. Yeah. Yeah. In Africa, chilling. Exactly. Don't use the Indians. They don't work. <laughs> yeah. Let's. Let's go for the, for the black people. Yeah. And it's just, to me, that's just, it's wild. Extremely, especially when, because, you know, at the end of the day, this is when the world is Christianized or Christianizing. Right. So the church has so much influence because Constantine said that we're going to marry the church and the government. So the church has a lot of influence on what the government does, and the government has a lot of influence on what the church does. Mm. So he had the influence to say, hey, let's do this. But he also had the influence to say, well, let's exploit these people over here. Mm. And when the church says it, guess what? That means it must be true. It's true, sanctioned, biblical, Mm. good theology, and ordained by God. Is that what we had? And the word on him, that word on him, or this this call made by him, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I mean, it's what lasted until the Emancipation Proclamation. Wow. Yeah. But what was crazy, if you look him up, it actually talks about, some people argue that um, he later regretted that and tried to petition for slavery to be abolished just completely. Well, it's too, it was too late then. Damn, it's already done. They're like, this is a good idea. <laughs> you was on somebody. <laughs> these, these Africans working out real good. He said, wait, 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 hold on, hold on. I take that back. I need it like that. Wait, wait, I take that back. But now you got like this whole movement and it, it's already gone. Right. It's already gone. It's already gone. People are already profiting. And one thing that you are not going to easily be able to do is stop somebody's bag. Stop somebody's bag. Especially people in power. Right. If you're not in power, oh, we're going to stop your bag all day. Right. You're selling drugs on the corner. <laughs> we're going to stop your bag. Okay. I don't like that. Well, we'll lock you up mm-hmm. for having a bag of we not selling it, <laughs> but having right, it. Right, right. Depending on who you are. Depending on who you are. <laughs> oh, I'm dropping macaroni on the floor. So, what I saw, Delisa, mm-hmm. in these slave dungeons... Life changing. Okay. And it's not so much just what you saw, but you get a good tour guide that breaks it down, explains everything. Mm-hmm. Life. Did it feel so as far as like the feeling, like you step into this castle? Mm-hmm. What was the feeling? Like the impact? So I'm a very, for lack of a better term, no, I'm not tooting my own horn because it's mm-hmm. kind of a curse. I'm a very deep person. Mm hmm. Things a lot of people think are funny aren't funny to me. 
I got to have like deeper meanings. I don't do like the superficial. Yeah. Like, I need deep stuff like books. If you can't hook me in the first five minutes, I'm not watching or five pages. I'm not going to read the whole thing. Yeah. I'm real deep. Like it takes a lot because I'm probably overstimulated. Child, I don't know. But it takes a lot for me to be able to really engage something. Yeah. But what I can do sometimes is I can just kind of sit and put myself into a place with all the historical knowledge I have. And I can almost envision myself. In it. In it. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Because I'm thinking about all the history I know and, you know, all of the realities that I'm standing on and dealing with. And I'm just sitting there out before the tour started. I'm sitting at the slave castle like, man, 400 years ago, I'm standing in the spot that somebody else is standing on, Mm -hmm. but they were a slave and I am free. What did it feel like for them? Now, I'm asking myself that question. What did it look like? What did it smell like? So for me, I tried to put myself in it. Mm -hmm. I tried really hard to put myself in it, and I was pretty daggone successful. And the tour guide helped a lot, too. Mm -hmm. Like, that was his job to make sure we, especially diaspora Africans, who they're really trying to target to visit these places. um, Yeah, it it hit. It really hit. So what hit is we actually got to go into the dungeons. Okay. The slave dungeons where they actually held the slaves. And they they don't touch it. They just left it be. Okay. Tours. And you talk about a spiritual experience. Yeah. It was really spiritual. Like when you realize the thousands upon thousands upon thousands of people. Yeah. From Africa who actually walked in and out of these dungeons. It messes with you. These rooms were not very big. Picture like the average size of a classroom. Okay. All right. A classroom, you know, has capacity as they want to say, you know, you want to have 50, 60 people in those things. Mm. They crammed 200 slaves in these rooms. 200 slaves. Grown men. Um, youngest age is about probably, I think, like 13. And they crammed them in there. And you were going to be there minimum two weeks. Minimum two weeks. So if we if they kidnap you or if you were sold and they put you in a dungeon, mm. you're going to spend at least two weeks here. Maximum three months wow. living in this dungeon. Wow. You don't go out for air. You don't do anything. You're just in this dungeon until it's your time to get on a slave ship. And the crazy thing is... Yeah, I'm, well, let me not get ahead of myself. In the place, you know, and when we get to a place where we're doing our own video, we're going to edit it and I'm going to show y'all pictures. We ain't there yet. We're getting there. But they have the three little holes mm-hmm. in the ceiling, well, in the wall, up really tall. And that was the only light getting in. Three little holes. That's the only light getting in. We are in Ghana. Yeah. It's hot. Hot. In Ghana. So imagine being in a classroom with 200 men, all ages, just living there. Yeah. And probably experiencing sickness. Yes. Seeing people die. Yes. Definitely seeing that stuff. That was not even a question. Definitely seeing that stuff. They had like, um, what do you call them? Uh, the stocks. 
So if like there was a, a dis, an unruly African or they just want to make an example of someone, mm-hmm. they were actually like the ancient stocks where they were like put a prisoner chain up to the wall. Yeah. They would actually do that. So you would have like suspended in the air up against the wall, an African there to kind of be a deterrent for anybody else that might get unruly. Mind you being terrified because you can't, you don't know the person who took you, their language. Yeah. And probably screaming at you and saying a bunch of stuff. You just, just terrified. 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 And mind you, they were intentional on separating uh, the Africans so that they couldn't plot. So like, and you know, in Africa, like, there are different um dialects Mm -hmm. so if you have one dialect and you have a different dialect that's completely different and we put y'all together y'all can't plot an escape yeah y'all can't plot anything that was one of their strategies so you had all these men crammed into the room so the question they ask is well what about relieving yourself there's a trench on the floor (laughs) there's a trench on the floor and you're supposed to relieve yourself on the floor in front of everybody. There's nothing. And the hope is it's not like a running water trench. It's mm-hmm. just a hole in the ground. And it's just supposed to naturally get out the room. Probably doesn't. It, it clearly doesn't. So I the smell had to be unimaginable. Yeah. Crazy. So one of the crazy parts was tour guide was like, look at the ground. And we looked at the ground. I wish I could show y'all listeners a picture. Look at the ground. And he said, you see how there's cobblestone and on top of the cobblestone, like uh, there's a, an area of the ground where there's some cobblestone exposed. And we're like, okay, yeah, it looked like a normal like brick road. But there was like an inch thick layer that look like concrete on top mm. of the cobblestone. So mm-hmm. you know how we do our streets out here, how they used to do our streets. They put like cobblestone line or brick, a brick cover street, and they'll just put asphalt over it. That's what yeah. it looked like. They put it looked like asphalt over the cobblestone. Yeah. He said, no. Um, they said some ar- some archaeological anthropological people or anthropologists um came uh and they were just wondering what this stuff was because they didn't have asphalt back then so what is this on top of the cobblestone what is it on top of the actual floor yeah that's solidified like concrete they like scraped it then analyzation and they found out it was human dna we're talking about centuries Mm. of excrement vomit urine blood hair they found it all on that that's what that was it was a black layer Oh. That solidified and be- and became the floor. And the tour guide said something that messed me up. He was like, you are standing on the DNA of your ancestors. It cr- <clears throat> Crazy. That took me out. I was like, wow. Because they put so many slave castles. Yeah. It's not like there are a million slave castles. It is very, very likely that it was your, that it that was our ancestors. It was a grandparent, a great, 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 great
was in that room I was standing in. Mm -hmm. I was done. I was done. I was done. It messed me up. So then they uh, take us to another little room. It's small. Mm -hmm. So like picture like a a big closet, Mm -hmm. a big walk-in closet that's, you know, like a janitor's closet, but like pretty big. You know what I'm saying? You could probably fit, let's say you could probably fit about, you know, 15, 20 people in it, you know? Um, He told us that when slaves were unruly, Mm -hmm. like to try to plot escape or um, if they like tried to fight one of the slavers, Mm -hmm. they would put them in this room. They would tie them. Lord, they would fasten them to the ground in a way that they had to stand up. And this room was small. It was hot. It had a, the only window was just like the window in the door to be able to look in. Yeah. That was the only light. But the way the room was constructed in the main area where they would put the unruly slaves um, who were trying to basically fight for freedom, um, you couldn't see the light just because of how the room twisted. Yeah. It was completely dark. And if you were, that was a punishment room. And they put you in there and just left you there. They put you in there to die. Starve you. You'd be, you know, no water, no food. Like you might have been beaten. You might have been exposed. Mm-hmm. And they just don't leave you in there to die. And it will be multiple people in there at a time just sitting there waiting to die. That's the other thing that really messed me up. So then we go into the smaller dungeon, and this was the female slave quarter dungeon. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a little bit smaller, and um, man, and it, it was same thing. You know, it was uh, cr- you know crammed, crowded. Um, but the thing about this one is they had like a smaller room for women who got unruly, mm-hmm. a little smaller room, but this one had a window in it. And um, for the women, they kept them there until they couldn't take it anymore. They didn't kill them. Mm-hmm. They didn't kill the women. Um, they just made them suffer until they broke became them. until they broke them. You know why they kept the women and killed the men, right? Because women can continue to keep producing. Because women can produce more slaves. Exactly. They could produce more slaves. And one of the main reasons that women were, the dude told us, the tour guy told us that women were put in here is when a slaver mm-hmm. or one of the soldiers or the governor or one of the leaders wanted to have res- sexual relations with them. Mm-hmm. If they refused, that's where they threw them. Until they basically were broken and be willing to sleep with whoever or be raped, rather, really willingly giving themselves over to rape. Yeah. This is what gave birth to colorism. Yeah. Because now you have this new thing, all these mulatto children. Yeah. Mulatto children were not treated like the slave. Because what happens if you got pregnant, mm. then you were more than likely going to, to live there. Like mm-hmm. the castle is now your new, you're not going anywhere. You know, um, they're going to raise the mulatto to be kind of a privileged slave yeah (laughs) slave with privilege Mm -hmm. you're still a slave but with privilege so yeah we're not going to treat you like the other 
black children. We're mm-hmm. going to treat you like the pure slaves. Um, we're going to treat you. So they dealt with them a little bit differently. Still slaves. They dealt with them still servants, but we might teach you to read. We might let you do certain things because mm-hmm. you're half white before all the one one drop blood rule and all this other stuff. Yeah. So, yeah, man. Insane. They talked about how women... When they end up, when they did get end up pregnant, if they were pregnant when they were captured, they tried to hide it, mm-hmm. you know. And many of them, they they're just hiding it, hoping that some type of rescue or saving would come because they didn't want their children to be given over to the slavers. Yeah, I think that's why it's still important for. <clears throat> and a lot of people will disagree, and that's fine. But I think it's it's important that everybody, not just including black children. But everybody mm-hmm. be educated on the history of slavery. What happened to the what happened to the uh, indigenous people? Like everybody needs to be educated, and it's it's just sad that our our information is starting to be erased or whitewashed because people feel that it's too much. Yeah, it's scary. It's terrifying, but. Those experiences of going over to Africa and standing on the DNA of our ancestors mm-hmm. that like it, uh, my fear is that eventually it's just it, it'll be a faded memory. Yeah. It w- like it won't be talked about. And then if something comes around again, that that forbid slavery and all those things come back around again, because that's a fear. <laughs> that's mm-hmm. like a, a new fear unlocked that that is going to happen. Yeah. Um, the newer generations won't know. Yeah. Yeah, they won't know. They won't. They won't know. And that's the unfortunate plot of conservative right wing right now. Yeah, this whole anti CRT stuff, like that's what it's really about. It's about we are sick and tired of race being an issue. So let's find a way to make people offended by the idea that we must tell this history. Right. So we need to. So the guy, his name is James Rufo. He was a documentarian Mm -hmm. and he he was a conservative. And, you know, he wanted to find a way to rally people who are sick and tired of all of the DEI conversations Mm -hmm. and all of the conversations on race. And why do we have to talk about, you know, how bad things were for minorities in the past? It's so much better for them. Why can't we all move on? So he's the one. He's. I need to find a term that kind of characterizes what is being done that we disagree with, and he's the one that discovered or rediscovered critical race theory. Mm-hmm. And critical race theory is basically not what he's made it into, and not what conservatives made it into. Yeah. So now you got all over the country, people are literally fighting to keep these facts. Out of public school. Exactly. Why? Because we don't want people not feeling like America is the greatest country. Because the moment we stop saying America's the greatest country, then guess what we're going to start doing? We're going to start questioning our loyalties and our allegiance to everything American, mm-hmm. including corporations. Yep. And that's what it comes down to. <laughs> exactly. All these Ford <laughs> built American, t- like you know, right. what I'm saying like uh, this stuff used to be very American. Jack Daniels, 
Another another day, another, another time. Story. We're gonna have a whiskey combo. <laughs> Truth about Jack, Jack Daniels whiskey. Jack Daniels. Um, no, and and, and pe- I, if you erase it, it doesn't mean that it's not interwoven into mm, our a lot of uh, let's just uh, our DNA, our, yeah. our 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 way of life. Because if it wasn't, if it was just that easy to just be like poof, yeah. The past is gone. We wouldn't have such thing as DEI or people yeah. fighting for equal rights or people fighting for um, equal pay weight wages mm-hmm. and all these other things. Like mm-hmm. that, if that was, if it was just that easy, like people get upset just because statues are being torn down. Yeah. I You can be upset. That's absolutely exactly. fine. But what did your statue represent? Well, we're not tearing down Martin Luther King, but he represented trying to make equal, things equal. Yeah, yeah. For everyone. Yeah. So, let me get off my tent. <laughs> no, this is what we got to talk about because what's happening is, because I even myself get challenged because what's happening is we're getting race fatigue. Mm-hmm. And even the people who are passionate about justice and change, we're getting race fatigue. Mm-hmm. We're getting, t- so we're just, you know, when we see... The, you know, the conservatives who are anti-CRT spouting off their stuff, we just want to turn the channel. We just want to tune it out. Mm -hmm. Like that movement is not impacting everything American. Mm -hmm. Like there are certain school districts that are making it so you can literally lose your job. If you talk about it. If you talk about slavery. If you talk about injustices. If you talk about... uh, or even even you talking about quote unquote wokeism, mm-hmm. you know, and it's just like wow, that's power. That's a whole lot of power that came real quick because this these facts that yeah. I'm talking about, this yeah. stuff, we don't want that to be America's image, right? So, so here's a crazy thing, the crazy thing about the slave dungeon, and then we go. Give our review this food. <laughs> so uh, directly over the male slave dungeon mm-hmm. was a church. <laughs> a chapel. Would be upset. <laughs> I could, me being a slave now, I would be upset. Yeah. Y'all praising Jesus? Yeah. But I'm up here chained. Like, yeah. Yeah. There was a chap built, like intentionally built on top of where the slaves were. And that's not the worst of it. There's like an opening on the ground right outside the chapel. And if you, and like, it was like, had like a wood board over it. And when you lift it up, it was a peephole to the male slave dungeon. So people could literally, as they walked out of church, mm-hmm. Could look down and see these men in cap in chains, these grown men who are captives, suffering and struggling, and these churchgoers are walking by like it's normal life. I, I want to say that that's hard to believe, or that's that's crazy, that or that's insane. But I mean, we had picnics around people being hung, so True. exactly <laughs> like. We thought it was a regular Sunday day. <laughs> Come on, man. They were canceling school. What was this dude's name? Uh, I can't remember his name. 
uh, one of the largest mass lynchings. It was in Waco, Texas. Can't remember the, the victim's name, but like there was, a, he was going to get lynched, and they delayed school so everyone could come see this black man. Ten, it was like like between ten and fifteen spec, ten and fifteen thousand spectators. They're going to a baseball game, right? That means that's, that's filling stadium. Like yes, to go see a victim be brutally murdered, castrated. What's his name? I can't remember. Ah, they killed him by slowly they lit a fire under him and by slowly lowering him and raising him up. They roasted him over the next few hours, castrated him, and sold his testicles to the highest bidder. A photographer's there making postcards. What do you mean? Can you imagine getting one of them in the mail? Bruh. Like. <laughs> but that's the thing. It's normal life. That, that It was normal. That's normal life. Oh, we have this big, bad, mean black man that raped someone. And we just going to believe that she raped him. No evidence. Nothing. Just the cherished beautiful, honored, and respected image of white purity has been tarnished and she's saying a black man did it. So, oh yeah, you getting the full wrath of the community. The Little Timmy wrath. don't even know who he is, ain't never seen right. what happened. Yeah. You got an event today. Put on your <laughs> Sunday's best. Put on your little tie there, buddy. And we, and Where we, we going, out- Mom? Where <laughs> we going? Oh, it's a surprise. It's a surprise. I'm going to Disney. As a child, mortified. I don't even watch scary movies. And that would just scare that, like, I just, I can't. You but know- it just, it doesn't surprise me that that, like, to me, it's almost like that was the birthplace of yeah. these events taking place, people becoming desensitized yeah. to, like, this is another human being. Yeah. Yeah. It's not not an animal. No offense, PETA, don't come get me. But this is another human being who is like we're looking in the floorboard and seeing like, oh, there's one right there. Oh, mm-hmm. what are they doing? Yeah. And it's a show. It's, it's entertainment. Show. So they don't know why. One, they built it over the slave dungeon. They don't know why the peephole was there. I have my theory. The belief and the idea was that Africans were, they believed that we were the dark planet. They believed we were inferior. They believed that we were basically the antithesis to whiteness. Mm -hmm. White is good. Black is bad. Your religion is bad. Your culture is bad. It's all demonic. It's all pagan. Mm -hmm. So... I believe what you need to have a successful slave trade are slaves that are docile and broken. Mm. I believe that what they thought was one of the ways that we will break them and make them docile is we will put them under a Christian church and the Holy Ghost will suppress their savage nature. Mm. Our singing will drive out those evil black spirits. Our, our, our prayers will sanctify and rid them of their, it was their way of evangelizing 
their 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 product, mm-hmm. purifying it. I believe that's what they were thinking they were doing. Because and it was not for the sake, oh, we want them to be introduced to Christ for the goodness of their futures and salvation. No. They needed some obedient, subservient slaves. Right. And what better do that? We need to civilize them. What's the best civilizer in the world? Well, let's see. Jesus met Paul on the road to Damascus and turned him around and made him a servant. <laughs> right. Thinking the same thing, man. Right. So you're operating out of their own understanding. Got it. Operating out of their own understanding. So. Got it. So that's part one. We'll talk about part two next time. My trip to Ghana, man. What are your thoughts on that? Any, any... <clears throat> I mean, it... <laughs> always learn something new <laughs> every time we start this process. Um, I'm going to take a couple bites. And, and getting into this conversation, it just re- it reminds me that I don't know everything. I need to continue to keep diving deeper and, and educating myself. But it also reminds me that it's important that I am educating the people around me. Mm-hmm. Because, it, like I said, eventually it's going to get to the point where, I mean, if we keep moving in the direction that we're moving, it will be that the older, the newer generations will not have this knowledge. So when they are hit with, all right, we're starting slavery again, <laughs> they won't, they won't mm-hmm. know. Or just like, just knowing the true history. I, I think it is a, I think it is definitely, even with the good and the bad, it's a, it's a beautiful thing to know your past and know where you came from, the steps that were there before you, the people who walked on this earth before you. It's important to know and explore those things because that's, it It reminds you how beautiful you are. When I talk mm-hmm. about the resilience and the strength and the strength that came before us, like I pull to this day, I pull on that. Yeah. Thinking like, like people will hear me say like it, why do black women always have to be these strong individuals? Because they were. Come on. They were. Talk about it. We don't see, like, we make fun of women, black women, and, and all that they do. But it is it is something about hearing that black women birth children without the medicine and we yeah. had to breastfeed white babies yeah. and stuff like that. But, like, they were resilient. So, yeah. It's just, it's important to continue to keep how bad and ugly and it, yeah. it is, but to continue to keep learning about our history. Yeah. I mean, because that's, you're preaching right now, man, because our tour guide says as bad as the conditions were in the slave castle, the real torture was the actual boat ride. Mm-hmm. And that's where the majority of the slaves died. Yeah. So we got to think about this. Yeah. I just talked to you about some terrible, inhumane conditions. Exactly. And you lived there from two weeks to three months. Mm-hmm. Would have killed. That alone would take out most people. Drive Probably, them crazy. Most drive them insane. <laughs> I'd be done. <laughs> take me out. Right. Then they got to get on a boat. Where they're chained together, tight quartered, just nothing but sickness and disease and filth, malnourishment, lack of water, mm-hmm. raped, girls still getting raped on a nightly, and they survived that. Exactly. Only to come to the land to be broken. Mm-hmm. Take your religion away, which is everything about you. 
take your language away, take your culture away, because we have to eradicate any trace of your humanity. Mm-hmm. So you could be a slave. You've been through all of that. And to survive it? Exactly. You are a special kind of strong. Exactly. And if you are an African American that is a descendant of a slave, you have that in your DNA. You have it in your DNA. <sighs> have it in your dna and it's like what are we doing like <laughs> like what are we doing i get it like that's part of the that part of the process of breaking us as slave was so we did not feel like we had any human dignity mm-hmm. and we are still searching for that human dignity that's why we do what we do delisa yeah that's why we sit up here and we make our lives about our cars and our our clothes and our jordans and our other stuff because we're circling on anything that's going to restore our human dignity that's taken away from us because of the African diaspora. Yep. Man, but we are the children of the strong. Not everybody made it. That, not everybody made that boat trip. Exactly. Not everybody survived that slave dungeon. Right. Only the strong did. Important that we keep spread that, spreading that, not spreading it in a bad way, but just keep that messaging alive and that history alive. Because yeah. like at, Showing like there is beauty, we always have to constantly fight against like other things that are considered beautiful. Like just being a strong black woman is beautiful, and yeah. it's, a, it's my job to teach my half black child yeah. that importance. So, yeah. all yeah. right. So moving on, as we all we're we're wrapping up here. Yes, yes. Fact, fiction, or ridiculous? Come on. The Bible does not. Condone slavery. Condemn. Oh, condemn. I'm sorry. Condemn. I'm sleepy. <laughs> yeah. Condemn slavery. It does not condemn slavery. Is that yeah. fact? Is that fact? Fiction or ridiculous? What do you think? I don't know about that. I feel like I should know, but I don't know. No, that's not a. <laughs> I feel like I should kind of know. No. That's not an easy question. If it was an easy question, then. Slavery would not have been the debate. Right. <laughs> it's not an easy question. So hit me with the answer, Pastor Glass, because I don't know. That's actually a fact. The Bible does not condemn slavery. Okay. Doesn't condemn it. Doesn't condone it. Doesn't, doesn't condemn, condemn it. it. What we don't understand, and, and we have to have an honest evaluation of history. Me as a historian, I teach people you gotta have an honest evaluation of history, or you're no better than the people who committed the crimes mm-hmm. against humanity. Slavery, for as long as recorded human history, has always been a part of normal human life. Mm-hmm. It's always been around. And it did not go away until, well, it did not go away as a worldwide accepted way of life until um, African slavery started to get outlawed. And then finally, 1863, the Emancipation Proclamation, hmm. which was kind of the death stroke to human slavery in the world. Now, mm-hmm. it still happens even to this day, mm-hmm. but it's underground, it's illegal, and it's covered up and called other different things. Right. It's called, you know, we call it, we call it. Uh, free labor. 
Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> we free labor, the workforce. You know what I'm saying? Like we, got, it's, it's it's different. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, man, it's always been a part of human history. And what we have to understand is how, even though the Bible does not condone it, the message of the Bible is freedom. Yeah. There's a book by William Webb who talks about how the Bible's theme is the redemption of humanity to the vision that God had for it. Mm-hmm. God did not have a vision for slavery and oppression and bigotry and racism and sexism and all this other stuff to be a part of human story. But God's trying to get us back to what he desired with that not there. So anybody wants to say, because that was the argument during slavery. Oh, we're actually doing a good thing. This, you know, I did introduce him to the church in Christ. And then, I mean, yeah, I don't think Jesus would own slaves. Would Jesus own slaves? That's what, would Jesus own slaves? Absolutely not. No. No, 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 no. So, yeah, that's actually a fact, but it doesn't condone slavery. Got you. Man, listen. All right. I had to be a good host because I was ready to tear into this food more than I did. Right. <laughs> so are we naming or not? So the macaroni and cheese, what are your thoughts on the macaroni and cheese? Macaroni and cheese. I see where we were going. <laughs> okay. I, I see the vision. I saw the vision, right? Mm-hmm. We just, the vision was a little hazy at some point. Mm-hmm. I, was, I was missing a little bit of, of the seasoning mm-hmm. in there. So I, I, I caught it. Okay, okay. It just slipped through my fingers. So, but if I can give, I would name it because the wings... Somebody was in their bag on the wings. Wings was good. And I was looking at the ones that didn't have any sauce on them. Like, mm, I don't know. But they had a crunch to them. And mm-hmm. I love a good crunch. Mm-hmm. I love a good crunch. Mm-hmm. And then the ones that had sauce was a little spicy. I like that. Okay. I like a little, 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 little spice. Not too hot where I don't enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Somewhere it just leaves me like, okay. Mm-hmm. All right. I, I, I got it. So I would, me, I would name it. What what you think, Pastor? Well, hold on, hold on. That's just one item. What about the dirty rice? Oh. Dirty rice is going to have to be a gnaw for me. I like the dirty rice. I did not. I might not like it tomorrow. I'm not really supposed to be doing spicy food, but I like the dirty rice a little bit. I didn't. Uh, it was, the cabbage? Cabbage was on point. Okay. Cabbage was, it was there. So, I guess I'll ask the question like this. I just got off work. You had to work late. You driving home, and it's like, man, it's my turn to cook dinner. I don't feel like cooking dinner. I'm going to pick something up. And you see this restaurant mm-hmm. on the side. You're pulling up on it. Mm-hmm. Would you pull in to get food? Is there a lot of people in the building? There's nobody in the building. There's nobody. That's a, that's a good question. Is it good, worth the wait? Is it worth the wait? Well, all right, that's a different conversation. But if it's empty, okay. Would you go in and get the food? Would you go in and get this? Let me ask another question. Yeah. Was there dessert on the menu? They you know had, we gotta have a little some little sweet. They had peach cobbler. Okay. They had red velvet. Like they okay. have most of you. They had the typical soul food desserts. They had red velvet cake. Um. I mean, they had a nice menu too, like po' boys, shrimp boys, okay. fish, chicken dinners, ribs. Was, okay. People were in there ordering ribs. I didn't get the ribs because, you know what I'm saying, that's hard to mm-hmm. manipulate. Mm-hmm. But would you go in? 
if you that's going to determine if it's going to be a name or no. Would you go in and get the food? I I would. All right. I would. The wings is the the, the wings, wings is it. the one that did it. Yeah. The wings the wings did it. They the wings is good. The wings are good. All right. So, this restaurant is in Akron. Okay. It's on Waterloo Road. Okay. And it's called Nephews. Nephews. Nephews Comfort Food. It is really good. So, if you're going Route 8 south, mm-hmm. get off Waterloo Road, make a left. Okay. If you're going north, make the right. Before you get to Arlington, mm-hmm. it's on the right-hand side if you're coming from the highway. All right. Nephews. Nephews. Okay. I remember that. Because I, I want to check I want to check out some more selections. Mm-hmm. Like I said, there was some where I was like. They got a website. So we'll probably send them a letter. You got to get some, you know, send them a letter. Say, hey, we dropped in on you. Tried your food, and this is a segment that we do. Yeah, featured you guys. We liked it, so yo, if you want to watch this episode, blah blah blah, you get a shout out from us. Yeah, so nephews. Yeah, it was it was I, the, I, the chick, the chick, the get yeah, chicken, that crunch, hit that. yeah. And they got different flavor sauce. So I just got bar- barbecue to be safe. It was good. I like that. Right, they got lemon pepper, honey, it. garlic, lots of stuff. Okay, but I'm good. That that's like you said. That the, the, the ones without sauce. The cr- <laughs> Let me the get another crunch. one. That's all I like. One of them. <laughs> the crunch. All right. Well, this Tasha Glass this is a, another amazing episode. Awesome. A lot to learn. Uh, can't wait to do episode five because that's going to be our second part. Yes, yes. Whoever's cooking us food, get Where it ready. At? Come on. <laughs> Especially if I'm getting off work. Right. Yes. I'm going to be hungry. Got to feed the system. All right. Gosh, you want to take us out? I will. God bless you all. Love you all. I'll be praying for my audience. I pray for you all. I pray for my host. Pray for uh, co-host. Pray for us. It's all about prayer, guys. We got to talk to God. God wants us to deal with him and talk to him on the regular. It should be like two family members talking, two friends talking. So pray for us. We'll pray for you. We're going to talk a little bit more about God next episode. Drop it in a couple weeks. God bless you all. Love you all. And we will see you all next time. Peace out. Bye.